It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. PSPR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. PSPR Law, the best in personal injury. Long time in SoCal, now in their fourth year here in the Las Vegas Valley. Uh, Ken Thompson, Mark Hoke producing the show. Andy Isco joins me at about 825, so looking forward to AI joining me. Couldn't make it into studio tonight. Uh, but KT was able to uh, venture out a little bit. KDWN, great programming. You know the regular programming on 101.5 KDON uh, during the weekday nights on weekends as well. Very eclectic, nice mixture of programming. And a new show over the last month, Sips and Sticks. Uh, great setup as far as hitting a lot of the cigar bars around town and uh, just, just the setups, uh, the humidors, all these different places. And there's one right there in the backyard of Henderson, Nevada. Of course, my place is over in Henderson. I've been there for a long time, 23 years now, on the Henderson side of town. And was able to make it out to Enfuego today. I uh, got to meet the owner, Shar. A lot of real neat people. Dave Moretti, uh, referee, boxing for a long, long time. Worked a lot of big fights. Got to talk with him for a while. But a great show, 6 p.m. Saturdays right here on KDON. 101.5 FM, and of course, all the shows streaming live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Got to hang out with Holmey and Keith and Austin, and the guys do a great job. And of course, Mark Bonilla made it down there, and just a, a real neat group of guys, but uh, just a neat setup. And if you enjoy cigars, I mean, and they've got a wide array of the best cigars in the world right there. I mean, just going over some of the history and you can bring your own stuff in there. So a lot of the guys bring in some of the great bourbons and, and things that they enjoy uh, to sip along with having uh, the best cigars in town. And, of course, uh, worldwide, really finding out a little bit of the history from Char, the owner. And it's right there on Coronado Center in Eastern. It is in Fuego. There is also one on the other side of town over off Sahara. I'll get you that address. But looking forward to making that a place of uh, – Residents, part-time residents at least, but it's a great setup, and they're open, I believe, till midnight. I'll get you the exact hours, but 
uh, was in there, got to hang out with the guys, uh, exchange some stories, talking some old school stories and uh, some sports and whatnot, a little baseball. Uh, disagreed with Keith, who's one of the regulars there uh, as far as the show, uh, as far as the pitch clock in baseball, because Major League Baseball, of course, opening day underway. Needless to say, we will be hearing the anthem, the Orioles anthem, a little bit later uh, sometime during the show, Mark Hoke will surprise us. Didn't know if Batista was going to be able to hold on. The O's built a nice lead, 10-4 to 4 at Fenway Park. Had to hold on for dear life, but won a 10-9, to 9, and that's all that matters. Get the W. My Mets, of course, 3 nothing lead. Looking like they're going to take care of business with Scherzer on the hill. Promptly gave up that lead. Three runs for the Marlins. Tied at three, but the Mets came back, got two runs, won the game five to three. I did tell you, I like the over six and a half on opening day. I know Alcantara and Scherzer, the end of the day, six and a half on opening day. Just too low for me to play an under. Yankees get a home run from Aaron Judge, his first at bat, and uh, he ends up with two RBIs. The Bronx Bombers roll in their game against the San Francisco Giants at Yankee Stadium. Get to all those scores on the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. But if you need the best in personal injury, and I actually had a uh, an acquaintance of mine that was in town and was injured in a slip and fall, uh, didn't know any attorneys here in the Vegas Valley, asked me if I knew any. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's my sponsor. That's my guy, Brian Panish, senior partner, PSBR Law, right here in Las Vegas, was able to get that number and uh, get my buddy that free consultation sometime today. That went down, so hopefully they're going to be able to help him as far as uh, his case going forward. But if you need personal injury, you may not need it right now, but you may need it in the future. Track record for PSBR Law, ridiculous. I mean, through the roof, Southern California, long time, their corporate office right there in Santa Monica. And now they're here in their fourth year in the Vegas Valley, and they got a brand new office building downtown, and uh, they're getting everything moved in there. But the office number, you got the 702 down for Vegas, 560 5520 And if you call, let them know. Ken Thompson gave you that number. Get it in there uh, so they can kind of jot down. Know that I'm bringing them some potential business down the line. Final four weekend coming up. Tomorrow night, the ladies get going. Saturday, the men get going. Both in Texas, the ladies in Dallas, the men in Houston. And then we've got the uh, finals for the ladies on Sunday and the men's, of course, on Monday. Chris Wynn will be in studio along with producer Mark Hoke on Monday night as uh, KT will be taking in that game. But PSBR Law, the best in personal injury, and a good friend, Brian Panish, senior partner there for a long time. And uh, BP will be making it into studio here. Uh, hopefully some of these next few months uh, maybe slow down a little bit for him. But again, uh, 560-5520 is that number. Uh, let me see. Tomorrow night, Arthur DeCesar will join me. Not feeling the best. Postponed last night. Very busy. And tonight, not feeling the best. So tomorrow night, I will get him on uh, sometime during the night. Also, going to get a basketball coach for Calcaterra. Excellent player for UConn. Comes off the bench. Real bright future. But his high school coach will be there in Houston taking in the Final Four. My good pal Dave Deneen, love Dave, and uh, Dave, very storied college basketball career himself at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, but well-connected in the basketball world, and say, KT, yeah, I could get you uh, the guy that actually coached Joey Calcaterra 
uh, in high school, I said, all right, bring them on. I always love to get some of those stories. We've got college basketball going on right here in the Vegas Valley, 45-44, North Texas, UAB, North Texas up by a point, 13 minutes to go, Orleans Arena. That is the finals of the NIT right here in Vegas. So a lot of stuff coming to Vegas, tons of college basketball tournaments, conference tournaments, and now, of course, we had the regionals right here as far as the NCAA big dance over there at T-Mobile. And we have the NIT semifinals and the finals moving forward at the Orleans Arena, which is just a great venue. And loved it. The other day I was able to make it there. And I look now, Wisconsin, my goodness, how could they not be in this final? But they're not. And North Texas and UAB, both out of Conference USA, tangling for the fourth time. North Texas won the two regular season games. UAB able to... Uh, get a big lead and then hold on for dear life in the Conference USA tournament. That was the semifinals, but both teams invited to the NIT, and both teams have forged forward. UAB, a wild overtime win the other night against Utah Valley and uh, North Texas, getting the two-point win against Wisconsin, a game that they trailed by 12 at the half, down 14 in the first half, and hold Wisconsin to 13 points in the second half after giving up 41 in the first half and did not let the Badgers get on the scoreboard at all in the final nine minutes and eight seconds, and they got that 56-54 victory in a game that stayed under the total, 215, or 115, I'm sorry, 215. They'd they'd have taken a week and a half to get there, those two teams, but unbelievable ending for Wisconsin. Their season, Tyler Wall, uh, some of the guys, Chucky Hepburn, just could not buy a point in the final nine minutes and eight seconds. Let me go to the uh, Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard, get you caught up on what's going on. And again, Major League Baseball, big-time opening day. And we'll get you some more uh, statistics when Andy Isco comes on because I know he's been following a lot of the games. But games that are rolling right now, and let me uh, go back up top, but games that are rolling right now because we've got several games that just got underway at 7 o'clock Pacific time. And Arizona drew a 2 nothing lead on the Dodgers. They're at Dodger Stadium. It's Zach Gallen, Julio Urias uh, going out at the lefty. They are tied at two now. Top five, Arizona and the Dodgers from Dodger Stadium. Colorado with Marquez trying to spoil the debut of the San Diego Padres, the new-look Padres. This is a team a lot of people think they're going to make it to the World Series with that ridiculous lineup. And Blake Snell, of course, coming over last year. And uh, the Southpaw on the hill at Petco Park. Big favorite, minus 210. But the Rockies have other ideas. They lead it 4-2, to two, bottom five in San Diego. Two games in the American League, both identical. Fifth inning scores. The only thing different, top five from uh, Oakland, Shoei Otani and the Angels tied with the Oakland A's. Muller on the hill for the A's, the Southpaw, doing a nice job. Top five, 0-0 there. And the bottom of the fifth in Seattle, a lot of uh, optimism for both of these teams as far as postseason is concerned. Uh, Cleveland with Shane Bieber on the hill and Seattle with Luis Castillo on the hill. There is no score. Bottom five, Castillo going off a minus 117. That total, another one, six and a half. That one may stay under, uh, looking the way that this game is going early on. So we'll keep an eye on those two games moving forward. Finals from earlier, Atlanta jumped on Washington at an early 3 nothing lead. Nats tried to get... Back in the game several times, cut it to 3-1, then 4-2. But the Braves get the final three runs and win it by a score of 7-2, get over the total of 7.5. Max Fried on the hill, best Patrick Corbin in that one. Meanwhile, Cubbies behind Marcus Stroman, who, by the way, was the first violator of the pitch clock uh, early on, but nonetheless spins a shutout against Milwaukee. Corbin Burns on the losing end. Cubbies 4, Brewers nothing.
and bunch of shutouts today, too. A lot of times that'll happen opening day. Some teams are ready to go. Some teams just can't get out of their own way. How about the Pittsburgh Pirates looking like they want to be uh, somebody that goes over their win total? I believe it was 67. Mitch Keller gets them off to a good start. They beat Cincinnati at the Great American Ballpark. 5-4 the final on that one. That game also getting over the total of 8. 5-4 the final. So it hits 9. And you could have got a plus 122 on the Buccos today as an underdog. Meanwhile, 5-3 the Mets, I told you, battled back and were able to beat Miami. Squandered a 3 nothing lead, uh, but able to get the win down in Miami. Going to be a tough year for the Marlins. And a lot of folks, including Wayne Krivsky, who was in studio the other night, playing the Miami Marlins under their win total. That total went up to 7, was 6.5 the other night, but closed at 7. But it does get over 5-3 the final. The Mets get two runs after Miami had tied things up at 3 apiece. Move on down American League, Baltimore, 10-9. to Crazy game. Kyle Gibson and Corey Kluber, the starters from Fenway. Orioles got a run early. Rushman, a home run, is first at bat there. Uh, my buddy, shout out to the Island Mob, man. My buddy Darren, he played that. Yes, he played Rushman to Homer in his first game there with the Baltimore Orioles. Not only does he homer, how about he goes 5-for-5 five five and the O's able to hold on. Again, Batista, a little trouble there in the ninth inning. Had a 10-7 lead. They hold on. They win it 10-9. Needless to say, game obliterates the 8.5 total from Fenway Park. Another 4 nothing final with Tampa Bay taking care of business uh, at home against Detroit, shutting out Chris Wynn's Tigers. Eduardo Rodriguez didn't pitch badly but got no run support. 4-zip Tampa at the trop. Minnesota behind Pablo Lopez. Best Kansas City and Zach Granke, 2-0 in a pitcher's duel. That game well under the total of 9. White Sox in a battle beat the defending World Series champion Houston Astros 3-2 the final as the White Sox take care of business. That also staying under the 7.5. And And the Angels have tallied a run in the top of the 5th. So if you have them in the first 5, you need Otani now to get the A's out in the bottom of the 5th. They've gone to that bottom of the 5th, but 1-0. Angels now lead it over the Oakland A's. So we'll keep an eye on these games as they move forward. Uh, on the ice, three games going right now. Edmonton leads the L.A. Kings by a score of 2 nothing. Same score up in the great northwest. Seattle, the Kraken, up on top of Anaheim, 2 nothing. And San Jose had a 2 nothing lead at the Shark Tank over the Vegas Golden Knights, but the Knights got a late goal in the first period. They're now after one. It is 2-1 Sharks up on top of Vegas. Finals from earlier tonight. It was Philadelphia at Ottawa. Ottawa wins it. The Senators get it done 5-4, minus a 182. Game flies over the 6.5. Tampa Bay skates past Washington, no problem over the Caps. 5-1 the final in that one. Lightning minus 205. A lot of you laid the goal and a half. Pushed the total of 6, but 5-1. Lightning get the win. Jersey, those devils. Gosh, darn those devils. Man, my brother, that's his squad. Beat my Rangers 2-1 the final there. In the Garden State, total six and a half game stays well under. Identical two to one score. Boston, who lost their last game at home two to one to the Nashville Predators, they win this one two to one over Columbus. Bruins minus four fifty in that game. And remember I asked last night, I asked Alex B. Smith, would you lay the goal in the half? He goes, nah. Boston, they could win the game, but they're not going to push it. So Alex B. giving some great advice there. 2-1, to one, Boston wins it over Columbus, but do not cover that goal and a half. Pittsburgh, a 2 nothing shutout of Nashville at home, minus 210 on the Penguins, staying under that total of 6.5. Florida at Montreal, it was the Panthers getting the road win game, pushing the total of 7. It was a high total of 7. It gets there 5-2. to two. 
Florida minus 180 gets the cover. You may have laid the goal in the half there. Detroit, remember I did ask him uh, as far as what about the Red Wings at home? You could have got them last night a plus 190. Uh, Carolina closes a 2-1 to one favorite at the Westgate Superbook, and Detroit does win it at home in the Motor City, 3-2 to two the final in that one. St. Louis also on the road in Chicago in the Windy City. They had to get a 5-3 win over the Chicago Blackhawks, game getting up and over the 6.5, and, and we'll keep an eye on those last three games. Again, 2 nothing Edmonton over the LA Kings. That's third period, 11-31 to go. 2 nothing Seattle over Anaheim, 7 9 to go second period, and 2-1 to one San Jose after one over the Vegas Golden Knights. Take a break, come back, keep things rolling. Producer Mark Hoke will be chiming in throughout the night along with Andy Isco. We'll go back, we'll talk some baseball, we'll talk some basketball. Got a great show in store for you. Keep it right here. It is SportsX Radio 101.5 FM KDON and streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Follow the show at SportsX Radio, at Ken Thompson 87, archive show up there with no commercials by 11 o'clock Pacific time. Mark Hoke show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Sunday mornings, the best in professional wrestling. You like professional wrestling? You'll love the Mark Hoke show. We're live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Something magic happens Every time you go You make the magic happen The magic of Orioles baseball When the game is close And the yokes are hot There's a thundering roar from 34 To give it all they've got And you never know Who's gonna hear the call? Every game has a different star. That's the magic of Oriole baseball. Oriole's magic, feel it happen. Oriole's magic, feel it happen. O R I O L E S. Magic, 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 magic. Something magic. All right, there it is, baby. Had to get it in there. It's not a jingle. It is an anthem, and we started off right on opening day. The Orioles take care of business 10-9. to 9. Andy Isco joins us on the PSBR Law Hotline. Follow him on Twitter at VegasAndy711 at Mark Hoke Show. You can join my producer. And uh, before I bring Andy Isco in, Mark Hoke, did you play that win total over for those Orioles? Because they're off to a good start. They're, Got a little shaky. Yeah, but, you I, know. I think this might work out all right. All right. This might be okay. Yeah, this is this is good. I mean, it's good to see. Uh, how about Rushman? Five for five. Oh, man. Come on. I told you last night you asked me who to watch. That's That was number one for me. There you go. And what were you telling me uh, as far as stolen bases? Yeah, if if you can get some, some props on stolen bases, uh, Mullins and Mateo last year led the league. They, they end up tied, if I remember correctly. With the, base, with the bases being bigger, look out. They may, those guys may end up both stealing 50 or 60 bases this year. They both stole two today. That's crazy, Ken. Yeah, that's I good mean, stuff. I mean, we don't see, I mean, I think, I think stolen bases were up like 30% in the spring training. So, wow, this, this, that part might be fun this year. Meanwhile, my sister, big Glaber Torres fan, she was happy because he went deep with a two-run jack. But Andy Isco, it was Aaron Judge picking up right where he left off. First at bat, home run center field. Yankees take care of business 5 nothing. Garrett Cole uh, had, what, what do you have? Let me think. I think he had seven strikeouts of the first nine outs, and or maybe eight, and uh, Logan Webb. 
uh, the same. Uh, even though Webb gave up some runs, he still pitched rather well in six innings. He had 12 strikeouts. Garrett Cole had 11 strikeouts. But the Yankees, with a 5 nothing shutout of the Giants offensively, couldn't get out of the way. And uh, that was one of the early games that got us going on this opening day in Major League Baseball. Yeah, the only uh, disappointment about opening day is the fact that tomorrow there are only five games, none of which was a game that I was looking to play over the total based upon today, and that was Baltimore and Boston, who each used five relievers on opening day, and I was hoping to play over the total in their next game. Unfortunately, that next game is Saturday, so uh, the bullpen will have a chance to uh, rest a little bit. But uh, opening day, always a fun day. Wish it were a little warmer here in Vegas so we could really get the feeling of springtime for this time of the year. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, the only thing I was waiting for is for someone to say, well, Aaron Judge on pace for 162. There you go. All right, we'll say it now. Aaron Judge on pace for 162 home runs. Got that so first. Labor Tories. <laughs> I don't know if anyone had two home runs today, but if they did, they'd you know be on a bigger pace. But, uh you know, they usually say uh, pitchers are ahead of hitters early in the uh, season. And of course, we had those shutouts today, that Baltimore-Boston game notwithstanding. Uh, wouldn't be surprised. Because number one, uh, you've got uh, generally the aces of the staff, and unfortunately one of the aces for the Mets is going to be out for a while as uh, Verlander was put on the DL today. And there I was. What do, Guys, what was I talking about? With Wayne Krivsky the other night, I'm like, well, we got the two elder statesmen. I know they both have great arms and great careers, and they've got World Series trophies to their names. But Max Scherzer, you know, starting today, and then Verlander set to go in the second game. But lo and behold, he will be out for a little bit. And uh, already, father time taking its toll on the Mets pitching staff. Yeah, which is why I found it very difficult to make a case uh, for the over for the Mets. A, they play in a division where even though uh, Philadelphia is shorthanded for a while offensively, uh, they're going to be a very good team. Atlanta, uh, a very good team as well. Uh, of course, the one thing to keep in mind is you don't play 19 or 18 games against your division rival as you have in past years. I think it's down to like about 13 uh, So you, with the way they uh, redid the uh, scheduling this year. But nonetheless, the thing with Scherzer and the thing with um, uh uh, Verlander is that you know with their age when, when they're healthy they are still near the top of their games but who's to say that uh, they might not at that age be more prone and susceptible to suffering injuries that could keep them out you know a month to six weeks and where are you going to replace those starters uh, because you know you've already got your third fourth and fifth starters in the rotation so you've got to really have to drop down if you need those guys to come in there and pitch six seven starts uh, in what's also a tough division so I didn't play it under but I certainly did not make a case to play it over all right so Milwaukee uh, Bucks. I the only two scores I did not get in were the NBA games. Milwaukee was at home against Boston, slight two two and a half point favorite. This is embarrassing. I mean, this is one of those games that I talk about. Like if you're the home team, especially if you're a good solid team, can you imagine you're taking your kid? It's his first game with the Bucks. Let's go see Giannis and the guys. You know, this is a good team. Should take care of business. Worst case scenario, son, it'll be a really nip and tuck game because the Boston Celtics are pretty good coming in. 140 to 99, the Celtics roll in Milwaukee. Tatum had 40, Jalen Brown had 30, and uh, 34 26 after the first quarter. Celtics up by eight, but 41 to 21 in the second quarter. So the Celtics put up 75 points in that first half, led it 75 to 47, 
and cruise to a 140-99 embarrassing win against uh, embarrassing for uh, Milwaukee to lose. Not embarrassing for the Celtics to win like that, but they took care of business in a big way, avenged an earlier loss to uh, Milwaukee in their last game. Very impressive, uh, Andy, not to switch over from baseball, but I I omitted those scores not purposely, and I missed uh, the Boston-Milwaukee game, but very rarely do you ever see a Bucks team, especially when Giannis is in the lineup, get blown out like this, and Drew Holiday played. I don't know how many points he had the other night, just a boatload. He only had six points tonight, two of eight. Giannis still had 24, but 11 of 27, kind of like those old Michael Jordan shooting stats, 11 of 27, and so you're going, God, he had a great game, but didn't really shoot it that well, including 0 of 5 from downtown, and the Bucks as a team, 14 of 43 from trifecta range. Not that bad, but the Celtics, a blistering 22 of 43 from downtown, 51.2%, and they roll 140 to 99. The only other game uh, going right now. Part of what could explain that, Milwaukee played last night, put 149 on the board at Indiana, so they may have been a little bit fatigued from that shootout last night, but nothing to explain a 41-point loss that was, what, 27 at halftime, and I think uh, 39 at the end of uh, three. There you go. Meanwhile, Valanciunas for the Pelicans has uh, 13 points, 10 boards, already a double-double early third quarter, 9-11 to go in the Mile High City, leading the Denver Nuggets. 54 to 44, very low scoring game. Now 57 44, Pelicans up by 13. We'll keep an eye on that one. That's the only other game going. You can catch that on TNT. Keep SportsX Radio on your dial. 59 44 now, Pelicans running away, but we know how the Nuggets are capable of coming back, especially on their home court. 51 and 24 on the year, 32 and 6 at home. So a Denver team that's never really out of the game. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, producer Mark Hoke. Uh, I don't like the way they do that. You know, you mentioned it, only five games tomorrow as far as on the schedule. It's just weird, man. I mean, you have everybody in action. Like, are they tired? Like, the first day, did it take so much out of them that they're they're not going to be able to go tomorrow back-to-back games? You know, if you're going to have a five-game schedule sandwiched around a pair of 15-game schedules, although I don't, I don't have it in front of me to see how many teams play on uh, on Saturday, but you would think, recognizing that baseball fans are also fans of other sports, if you're going to have a short schedule, why not have it on Saturday when you're going up against the Final Four that begins at uh, 6 Eastern and uh, 3 Pacific? You could have some day games, but why not, if you're going to have a short schedule to open the baseball season, one of those opening four days, why not make it Saturday? Uh, Andy, uh, all about Prop 9 now. The ladies' Final Four is tomorrow night. So that's why they figured, you know what? We're not going to go up against the ladies' Final Four. We're better off having that full schedule on Saturday against the men's Final Four. Am I right, Mark Oak? Except it's Title Nine, but yeah. The title Nine, there you go. What yeah, did I say? Right. You said Prop Prop Nine. Uh, prop Nine, I'm that, sorry. Yeah, that, that <laughs> that's for that's for legalizing cocaine in Northern California. Oh, that was my right. say. Yeah, there's something about that was still locked in my brain from sorry, back in the I, day. I had a joke lined up for that, I so I had to go. Well, gave either uh, sport, uh, men's or women's, a thought when they did the scheduling. There you go. All right. Well, tomorrow, the last day of March, and we've got the five games. We've got the Mets at Miami, so they'll play four games uh, consecutive days. Chicago at Houston, so Dusty Baker and the guys with Javier on the hill will be able to try and get back at the pale hose. Padres at home against Colorado. They're playing right now. We'll keep an eye on that one. But tomorrow, Nick Martinez against Kyle Freeland. Arizona and the Dodgers, they're going right now. Good pitch up mat- pitching matching pitching matchup tomorrow with Merrill Kelly and Dustin May and then Cleveland Seattle so some of the late games 
you know, really like the matchups with the Arizona and the Dodgers and Cleveland and Seattle. Those are two solid series to, to start things off. And also White Sox and Houston because it's a White Sox team that we're expecting to battle with Cleveland, the Guardians there in the Central, and we know how loaded Houston is, Andy. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what Houston does this year considering, you know, no Verlander, McCullers set down a little bit. Uh, the bullpen, uh, Presley, with a, uh, was that great year with Minnesota last year, I think it was, that uh, he got tagged with a loss today. Uh, Chicago, arguably, well, uh, a lot of people think Minnesota, Cleveland, I think a lot of people still think uh, White Sox are the best team. So this, this, this is an attractive opening series. I'm looking forward to uh, Yankees-Phillies to uh, open the start of next week. Yeah, and the Phillies, of course, without uh... – Bryce Harper and Hoskins now out, so shorthanded. If uh, they can hold their own till July, at least they get Harper back then. But I'm just looking forward to, you know, getting texts and, and tweets from my buddies around the country that'll be looking forward to hearing the Orioles anthem on a nightly basis because I know they all played the win total because they just know that Mark Hoke is going to be in his glory. Andy, did you end up playing the Orioles win total over? I did not. All right, so you're out of the will. Uh, Mark Hoke, I mean, Mark's not a big betting guy, but every now and then, what's that? Did you play it over? I did. Okay. You take my place in the will. Yeah, no, I, listen, I, Krivsky, talk, Krivsky agreed. He said that was a, a good, solid play, and uh, so I did that. That was one of I, – I didn't play all the totals that he gave me. Uh, he gave three unders and a few overs, but uh, he agreed with Mark Hoke that the Orioles were going to win – Mark, what was it, 78 and a half? 70? I think it was, yeah, 77 or 78. 77, 78 and a half. I'll tell you the reason why I didn't, even though I do like this team. When a team makes such a dramatic improvement in one year, they very often, I think more often than not, actually, although depending on how much you can how you define great improvement, they usually regress a little bit the next year. And then if they are indeed a good team, they go back and maybe exceed uh, what the previous season's total would have been next year. So I was afraid that the Orioles might take a step back this year because they did improve so much last year. All right. Meanwhile, the uh, Golden Knights back on the board early second period. Uh, Barbashev getting his 15th. Uh, Nikkei got his third. It is 2-2 two to two now. Sharks had that 2 nothing lead, but the Golden Knights have tied things up. 14.07 to go at the Shark Tank. It is 2-2. Two two. Ducks are on the board. 2-1 uh, to one Kraken after 2 up in Seattle, and still 2 nothing. The Oilers, Kings running out of time there, just 3.57 left in the third period. Edmonton taking care of business, and L.A. has been able to score a lot of goals over the last month, uh, but struggling tonight so far kept off the scoreboard. Those are the three games rolling as far as in the NHL. We'll keep an eye, especially on that Golden Knights game after uh, the loss that they had at home in their last outing against Edmonton, 7-4, to but they've been playing rather well of late, so we'll uh, keep an eye on that one as we roll on down. Ladies' Final Four, as I mentioned, tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. Caitlin Clark and uh, you know, the Iowa Lady Hawkeyes going to be going at it against the number one team in the land, undefeated South Carolina. I mean, this team is the real deal. Aaliyah Boston taking care of business last year as the MVP. Caitlin Clark named the MVP for the ladies today, and they are 30-6 and six on the year. But South Carolina, 36-0. and 0. That game from the American Airlines Center in Dallas. Andy, I know you don't follow the ladies as close as the men, 
but are you looking forward to a, a number one seed against a, a two seed there, Iowa, who took care of business, and Caitlin Clark coming off a uh, big-time effort? This girl can flat-out play. Don't know how South Carolina is going to play it, whether or not they're going to double her up and make her give the ball up. She does like to get the other players involved, but are those other players, those four, going to be good enough uh, to keep Iowa's Lady Hawkeyes in the game against South Carolina? Well, you know, if I'm the coach of South Carolina, I really don't do anything different. I mean, they are clear in a way uh, the uh, the best team in women's college basketball this year and, you know, should win the uh, title. And you're going up against the uh, nation's leading scorer in Clark. Um, so I wouldn't change all that much, although the standard approach is to say, if I was going to win it's going to be someone other than their star player that that that'll have to step up. All right. So I just think South Carolina's uh, too well rounded to uh, to even uh, if they didn't do that uh, to not win this game. They're just they're just a pleasure to watch. Yeah, and a physical team again. Uh, beneficiaries of some uh, shady officiating, I will say. If you watch the Maryland game with Maryland getting a almost a double-digit lead after the first quarter, but uh, the foul discrepancy was absolutely brutal. But we've seen that before. UNLV faithful, you remember that game against North Carolina back in the Elite. Uh, what was it? I, th- I think it was Elite 8 action uh, against North Carolina back with the Hardway 8 back, I think, in 1978. Foul discrepancy was like 26-5. to 5. It was like ridiculous, but is what it is, I remember. Oh, yeah, too. I think it was 77. I think that was... 70, uh, yeah. If I remember, uh, I'm trying to remember uh, who were who were in the final four that year, but uh, um, yeah, I, well, that was when North Carolina was Duke before Duke became North Carolina, as far as uh, officiating showing some preferences. Yep, there you go. Uh, it's a good call. Duke wasn't Duke until uh, Coach K really got on the scene. And, uh, and he actually struggled his first few years. He yes, was in he jeopardy did. of uh, not lasting very long, but he turned it around quickly and uh, never looked back. Meanwhile, Grant McCaslin in North Texas with that betting number, 666, up by four on Andy Kennedy and UAB's Blazers, just 303 left at the Orleans Arena. That's the type of game that you would expect North Texas to win, a game in the high, you know, in the 50s or low 60s to where UAB they want to get that game up in the 80s if they can. But total, right now, total one, I think, from 26.5 to 29.5. And, a half. and uh, considering the closest of the game now, might fall right around that number. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. Actually closed 129.5, and, and we'll keep an eye on it. UAB closing a 2.5-point favorite, but right now on the short end of a 59-55 game. Keep an eye on that one as it rolls on down. Colorado has added three runs now in the seventh. They leave San Diego 7-2, to two, so Blake Snell roughed up probably out of that one. Meanwhile, the Dodgers have put up three more runs, so a 2-2 tie after five, now 5-2 Dodgers. Uh, or I'm sorry, that happened in the bottom of the fifth. So if you had the Dodgers' first five, you're good. You get it with a three-run fifth there by L.A. And that Arizona 2 nothing lead short-lived. Zach Gallen getting roughed up there. And the Dodgers up by a count of 5-2. to two. Urias going off a 168 favorite. And that's already pushing the total of seven. And you're only in the top half of the sixth inning. Again, Angels up on top of Oakland one nothing. So if you had the Halos' first five with Otani, you get that because they got that run in the top of the fifth. That's now moved to the top of the seventh. And bottom seven, still goose eggs with Shane Bieber and Luis Castillo. My goodness, that's a good under right there. And the total, six and a half in that one all the way across the board. And that is bottom seven, zero zero Cleveland and Seattle. We'll keep an eye on that one. By the way, did Wayne mention anything? I know you talked about uh, Cy Young. Luis Castillo, 
Uh, he really energized that Seattle team, which was playing well, and he came over from Cincinnati in that trade last year. I've always liked him, and he might be like the key addition that gets him into the playoffs. Yeah, could be. Well, we'll talk about it when we wrap things up. I went a little long on this last break. We'll come back. We'll keep things rolling. Hour number one. Got another hour with Andy Isco, producer Mark Hoke, SportsX Radio 101.5, KDON on the FM dial, streaming live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Folks, it's a free app. It's worldwide. Please download that. This where anywhere you are, you can get SportsX Radio. You just search SportsX Radio on the Odyssey app, the Mark Hoke Show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. But you can listen to these shows and so many other great shows all over, not only KDWN or KDON. I, I'm so used to calling it KDWN, but it's KDON now, D-A-W-N. So KDON, uh, 101.5 on the FM side. And there's so many other shows that and podcasts uh, when you go to Odyssey, it is absolutely incredible, the wide array of programming. It doesn't matter what you like. It doesn't matter if it's sports. Whatever you like, you are going to find something in your niche that's going to take care of your uh, pleasure, and uh, you're going to be able to listen at your leisure. Great setup there, Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download that now. We'll be right back. We'll wrap up hour number one. Keep it rolling till 10 o'clock. SportsX Radio 101.5, KDON, live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Ah, Throwback Thursday. How about a live edition of Cool and the Gang? Get down on it. Remember the old Munsters show? 1313 Mockingbird Lane was the address. How about the Rockies tonight? They've struck out 13 times, but they have 13 hits, and they lead the Padres 7-2. to Impressive outing so far. Padres still have some at-bats. Middle of the 7th, seven, seventh inning stretch there at Petco. A lot of optimism there with those Padres. Snell did strike out nine, gave up uh, three runs on six hits, only lasted four and a third. Krismat came in, gave up two runs on four hits in an inning and two-thirds. And then Tapia came in, he gave up two runs on three hits in an inning. So the Padre pitcher is not faring so well at Petco, and the Rockies up 7-2. to two. We'll keep an eye on that one and the other games as we roll on through. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, and, of course, producer Mark Hoke, live PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Real quick, demographically, you fall between the ages of 40 and 72. You're pretty fortunate if you live here in the Vegas Valley or if you're coming in to visit. Jot the number down. It's the Preventative Diagnostic Center. That's right, Dr. John Pearson Company. They have the scanner. The only one in the region that gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. Give a call. Leave a message. 534-7900. You know the 702 already for Vegas. 534-7900. 534-7900. If you're coming in from out of town, folks, set it up that you can go there to the Preventative Diagnostic Center. Get that scan. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Worst case scenario, they find something in one of your organs, and you're able to combat it in an early stage. But hopefully you get a nice, clean bill of health. There's nothing like getting that clean bill of health. Christina and I, my wife and I, uh, have taken advantage of uh, everything. And initially, I just called to get that heart CT scan and calcium score because I was worried about, you know, potentially having a massive heart attack. Just didn't know. Andy Isco on Throwback Thursdays puts me through so much stress. And then, you know, the other four days, I got to deal with Hoke. Are you kidding me? That's enough stress right there. So the Preventative Diagnostic Center gave me peace of mind. 
That's because I had that CT scan and calcium score. It's only $125 for a $600 value. Your significant other, absolutely free. So the two of you get to go for $125. Find out whether or not that heart is doing okay and the arteries are clear. Ladies, you understand that heart disease is the number one killer of women in the United States. So, folks, if you're not in that demographic, if you're maybe somebody younger than that, maybe you have parents or sisters or brothers, Get them in there to see Dr. John Pierce's crew over there, Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can check out the scanner. Go to pdcenterlv.com, pdcenterlv.com, 534-7900, Leave a message. Let them know Ken Thompson SportsX Radio sent you. KT and Andy Isco, Mark Hoke, as we roll on through. AI, uh, I haven't gotten you down to the Preventative Diagnostic Center. I'm, uh, I'm waiting for you to get there. And, and Mark Hoke. Uh, hoaxer, I, I got to get you down there too. I know you guys have busy schedules, but you guys got to get down there sooner or later. Sooner than later would be uh, would be better. Uh, Mets off to a good start, five and three, five to three. They win, so a good start there. And for Mark uh, Hoke, of course, the Orioles anthem playing already on night number one, opening night, a ten nine victory over the Boston Red Sox. Five games tomorrow. We'll get into those lines a little bit later. I talked about those games. That'll be tomorrow. Full schedule on Saturday. Andy, what impressed you today, and how many games were you able to take in? Because I know you, you've got a busy schedule, but I know you're somebody that really enjoys sitting at a sports book and watching a bunch of baseball games. Uh, I caught bits and parts of uh, many of the games, of the uh, uh, Washington-Atlanta game, the Yankee uh, game uh, that they had today against um, – uh, San Francisco, Phillies and Rangers. That was an interesting game uh, where the Phillies got out to a lead and then all of a sudden uh, Texas, I think it was in the fifth inning, if I remember, put up, I think it was a seven spot to take the lead or uh, did something along those lines. Yeah, no, it was actually a nine spot and it was in the, uh, let me see, they put in the bottom of the fourth, they were down five nothing. they put up They knocked down Aaron Nola who had been pitching decently up until that point, but uh, I uh, caught a little bit of that, and uh, right now uh, just just watch the end of the NIT, which uh, we said it would come down to the uh, final moments for that total. And uh, if you decided to uh, middle it between the 26.5 and the 29.5, uh, you hit it because it fell 68-61 North Texas. Uh, North Texas did have a three-point – they took a three-point shot that they ruled a three-pointer. They reviewed it. And it was clear it was a two-pointer, so instead of 69-61, 68-61 final. And Conference USA, as you alluded to earlier, has had a spectacular postseason. Uh, the Conference USA meeting in the championship of the NIT, Charlotte won the CBI, Florida Atlantic's in the Final Four. Uh, by the way, Rice went 1-1 one one in the uh, CBI, but covered both of, their lo- both of their games, the win and the loss. There you go, and they uh, right now sitting at 18-2, and two. Overall, they had to have a winner and a loser tonight, but they were 17-1 and going into this evening, and they still have Florida Atlantic uh, playing, of course, in the Final Four against San Diego State and going to try and uh, win two more and get that record to 20-2. and We'll talk about that game between the Owls and the Aztecs and also UConn taking on Miami. We'll wait till hour number two. Uh, 11-7, the final. Texas beating those Philadelphia Phillies today. Uh, real quick, Mark Hoke. How surprising is it to you that Jacob DeGrom, three and two-thirds, five runs, all earned, six hits, and Aaron Nola, five runs, four hits, only three and two-thirds. So DeGrom and Nola, you figure you're going there, going to see some good pitching. Both guys get tattooed early. Yeah, well, those are two pretty darn good hitting teams, too. And, you know, boy, you just got to wonder about DeGrom. I, I wouldn't have spent that money on him. I really wouldn't have. But it's one game. 
you know, you can't uh, sit there and judge the season on one game. So there you go. I thought you were judging the season on one game with that Orioles oh, win. They're one and zero. Okay, so there's once, a... once there's a zero and a zero behind that one. We're all good. There you go. All right. We'll see how that pans out. We've come to the end of hour number one. We'll keep things rolling. Hour number two, KT, Andy Isco, at VegasAndy711, at Mark Hoke Show, at Ken Thompson 87 no P and Thompson, and at SportsX Radio. All four of those Twitter handles right there are good. And uh, the latter two is where you can get the archive version of SportsX Radio. Rocking and rolling, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas, 101.5 FM Dawn. Streaming live on that Odyssey app. You are listening to SportsX Radio. I'm your host, Ken Thompson. Keep it right here. Coming right back. Congratulations to North Texas. They win it. The NIT 68-61 over UAB. We'll be right back. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill. Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. All right, hour number two, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. It is Sports X Radio 101.5 FM K Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. And uh, 8270 now after three quarters, Pelicans lead the Nuggets. So Denver's trimmed it to 12. Keep an eye on that one. Gave you the only other final in the NBA earlier. Boston thumping Milwaukee on the road impressively, 140-99. to Tatum with 40 leading the way. Brown had 30 himself. North Texas, they are the NIT champions. First crowning NIT champion here in Las Vegas over there at the Orleans Arena. Ceremony taking place right now. As Andy told you, closing number of 129.5. Game hits 129, 68-61. And uh, UAB a a 2.5 point favorite. They do not cover. They had a 53-50 lead. And uh, could not get the W. So do not be intimidated by that 666. That number pays off handsomely if you had the mean green as they take out UAB for the third time this season, winning three out of four meetings against the Blazers. Meanwhile, on the diamond, 7-2 seven, seven still the score. Colorado at Petco Park. They've now gone to the top of the eighth, leading the San Diego Padres. And that same 7-2 score now with the Dodgers, bottom seven, leading over Arizona 
Diamondbacks had a 2-0 lead, but seven unanswered now by the Blue Wrecking Crew, and they're taking care of business. 7-2, top seven, Chavez Ravine. Angels still a 1-0 lead. They're nursing it up there in Oakland against the A's. Top eight in that one, and now bottom eight, Cleveland, Seattle. They remain scoreless. Bieber and Castillo, the starters in that one. So we're keeping an eye on all these games as we move forward. Uh, I failed to give you the uh, interleague scores. 5 nothing Yankees over San Francisco. I think we mentioned that one because Garrett Cole and Logan Webb. Uh, Cole with 11 strikeouts. Webb had 12 in that game. Jacob DeGrom and Aaron Nola both struggling. Uh, Texas beating Philly 11-7. to And, of course, Toronto with a wild game. So Andy, you talk about these common scores and, you know, whether it's hockey or baseball and you say, you know, when you have a full slate of games, there's always going to be, you know, one of these odd scores, but there's going to be at least two of them. And so we had a 10-9 victory for the Orioles, Mark Hoke's Orioles at Fenway Park, but also Toronto with Manoa and Michaelis, the starters at St. Louis. That game went back and forth. Lead exchanged hands several times, but Toronto wins it by that same score of 10 to 9. Yeah, I actually charted that for uh, many, many years. I still do to a certain extent. And it did sort of like for a bar bet. You want to bet your buddies, you know, let's say at the start of the day. Uh, what do you want to bet that at least two of these games end up with the final, same final score? You know, whatever it could be, one nothing, 3-2, 10-9. What, what odds would you give me? And they might say, eh, maybe uh, two to one, three to one. Well, the true odds are about uh, uh, seven or eight to one. It's about 75, 80% on a day when there are at least eight games, meaning that more than just over half the schedule is being played, half the teams are playing. Uh, it happens almost, uh, like I say, about eight times out of ten. There you go. That's uh, pretty interesting that you've been charting that for a long time. Edmonton did hold off the L.A. Kings, kept them off the scoreboard, 2 nothing. The final Oilers get the win, a minus 180. So if you laid the puck and a half, you're golden there, staying well under the total of seven. Seattle still clinging to that 2-1 lead against Anaheim, 13-29 to go third period up there in Washington State. And San Jose back on the board, late second period to take the lead back from Vegas, lead the Golden Knights 3-2 to two after two at the Shark Tank. Keep an eye on that one as the third period. It rolls on, keeping an eye on those four baseball games that are going as well and the one NBA basketball game. But we've got Final Four action on the ladies' side. Uh, again, talking a little bit about Iowa going up against the number one seed, South Carolina. The other game, LSU going up against Virginia Tech. That should be a good game as well. I played Tech in that game. And then the men get going on Saturday, and that's where we're going to go in uh, this segment. We're going to talk a little Final Four basketball Mark Hoke, where are you as far as that first game? San Diego State and uh, Florida Atlantic. Right now, let me uh, update the line. San Diego State getting some money today at the Westgate Superbook. The Aztecs now are minus three, 131 and a half. So San Diego State a little money and the total dropping a half point. Uh, correlation uh, makes sense with San Diego State playing a ton of over unders in a row and uh they're getting some money now that's a, a deep team but a florida atlantic team that finds ways to win against good quality competition including the last game against a very good kansas state team who do you like in this one mark i think the san diego state defense is going to do enough to keep florida atlantic held down i i, I really like what san diego state's done in terms of shutting down team shooting three and just keeping the pace to a level that's more their style. They they've controlled the games, Ken. They in in just a way of making sure that no one's going to be running up and down the court on them, and 
know, it's been pretty impressive. So, yeah, I, I like San Diego State tomorrow. Andy Isco, let's uh, let's uh, on Saturday. Saturday, yeah, on Saturday. no, no, no problem. Well, like, I like him tomorrow too. Yeah, they can play tomorrow, and I'll still like him. Yeah, I, I liked him when the line was two, but I took it when the line was two. Andy, I took it on the money line. I just figured, you know, I don't want them to win by one point and me to get bummed out, and they could be up four and. You know, next thing you know, FAU bangs a three-pointer and lose by one. But it's also an FAU team, a nine seed, that's looking to take care of business and move to that final game. They'd love to have a, a Florida showdown against Miami if the Hurricanes somehow can upset UConn. But they're worried about their own selves. Dusty May in his fifth year there, Conference USA champions during the regular season. The Florida Atlantic Owls, uh, John L. Davis, very, very solid player. Elijah Martin as well. Both those guys scoring in double digits over 13 points a game. John L. Davis right around 14 points a game. And then, uh, you know, good, solid big guy in Golden. Uh, they've got some players over there, and they've got a nice little bond there and some good chemistry. What about your take on Florida Atlantic? Now that the line's up to three, are you looking that way, Andy? Or are you going to maybe side with San Diego State? You're just going to play the total, or are you going to stay away from this one? Well, I think with the um, the way that Florida Atlantic has played throughout the tournament, they've been able to come from behind. They've been able to play with the lead, and especially in this postseason, the way that Florida Atlantic, the way that Conference USA has played, Florida Atlantic, I think right now on the season, something like. Uh, 25 and 11, something like that, ATS, which is pretty remarkable for a team that's won 30-something games because often they're laying too much, and yet they're still covering better than two out of three. But I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at we, – we saw UAB and North Texas – in the NIT championship meeting for the fourth time. UAB likes to run the ball. North Texas likes to control tempo and slow it down. Well, Florida Atlantic, in the regular season, the most recent game versus UAB, the high-paced team, Florida, Florida Atlantic won 78-56. Uh, a few weeks earlier against UTEP, the slow-it-down team, Florida Atlantic won 75 49. So I'm looking at that. They they did lose to UAB. I think that was their only conference loss of the season, uh, and that was a high-scoring game, 86-77. And earlier at UTEP, they won 67-59 at a pace that suits UTEP. So Florida Atlantic has shown they can play with the lead. They can come from behind. Uh, they can play up-tempo against such teams. They can play slow-tempo against such teams, and they've had remarkable success. As great of a season as uh, San Diego State has had, we know the history of the Mountain West Conference in the tournament. Uh, we know uh, that uh, three of the four teams continued the woes of the Mountain West Conference with Boise, Utah State losing in the first round and Nevada losing in the play-in round. I give San Diego State an awful lot of credit knocking off uh, uh, Alabama when they did. Uh, but I'm compelled uh, to uh, play um, – Florida Atlantic, and I also like the under in these in, in this game. I like under first half as well. Keep in mind they're playing in, uh, uh, in the, after playing in T-Mobile style arenas in the earlier rounds. They're playing in that Houston uh, uh, cavern, huge sight lines, depth perception, etc. I think that tends to uh, lower the. Now we see that in the in the um, uh, first half, second half totals. First half totals significantly lower uh, because that normally it takes you know the teams will take four to six minutes to feel each other out, recognize the defense, recognize the opposing offense, etc. And I think with the getting used to the uh, sight lines, it's one thing to do it in practice as you're warming up or you know going through your routine the day before. It's another thing to do it when teams are actually playing defense against you. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be on uh, – uh, I haven't gotten down on – uh, San Diego State yet because I expected money to come in, but uh, 
for me, the basic thing is I can't go against Florida Atlantic. So it's either Florida Atlantic and pass. And I think as this line goes up, and as I said before, looking at what that conference has done in the postseason, I have to give Florida Atlantic. Neither team, well, San Diego State has obviously more recent appearances in the tournament, many successful, many not successful. But I don't think that matters at this time of the year. There's also a lot of experience on that Florida Atlantic team. There you go. San Diego State, though, continues to play unders. The game against Alabama put up a total of 135, but that still stayed two points under the closing total of 137, 71-64. By the way, Brandon Miller, the one that was, of course, involved in the controversy with teammate Darius Miles, the one allegedly bringing uh, Miles' gun to the scene of a shooting which ended in a murder, uh, he is declared that he is going to go into the NBA draft, so he will not be back with Coach Nate Oates. At least initially, uh, they can still pull out their name as far as and and, and go back. And uh, but right now, he is saying once he hires an agent, I guess that all bets are off. But uh, he said today he was declaring for the NBA draft. Alabama rather disappointing in that game against San Diego State because they did get a nine-point lead in the second half. And Andy, San Diego State, not that type of team that normally comes back against an athletic team like Alabama when they get down by a total of, you know, nine points. But uh, something, uh, an outlier maybe, you know, something that we don't see from San Diego State basketball too often, a 12-0 run in about two minutes and 10 seconds to take the lead back, and then they were able to extend it and get that 71-64 win and knock out the overall number one seed of the tournament. Yeah, absolutely, and they're capable of doing that, and uh, they've had some, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of situations. We'll go back to that Gonzaga-UCLA uh, game, a 13-point lead at halftime turns into, what, eight, nine-point deficit uh, late in the uh, second half, and then Gonzaga ends up playing the end game well and, and wins. We've seen numerous situations where teams have uh, given up huge leads. Uh, Xavier, I think, came back in one of its tournament games uh, after being down. I, I, it was, I think it may have been the first-round game. I forget exactly who. Maybe I think it may have was at the uh, – uh, I'm trying to think which one of those uh, uh, small schools that they played, not Middle Tennessee, but one of those teams like that. Uh, Charleston. Uh, so we've seen a lot of that throughout this tournament. Uh, to me, the way these teams have played – the pedigree of the conferences this year, especially the Florida Atlantic San Diego State game, is a uh, is a toss up to me. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. The good thing for San Diego State fans is they found a way to win without their leader during the regular season, Matt Bradley, really being part of the offense. I mean, he averaged 13 points during the regular season, played 27 minutes per game. Foul trouble has gotten him. Uh, you know, on the bench sometimes. And then, you know, slow starts have gotten him on the bench with Brian Dutcher other times. So he's only averaging 19 minutes a game so far in the postseason. He is the only double-digit scorer they had during the regular season. But guys like Darian Trammell have stepped it up. Lamont Butler, uh, Micah Parrish has done some some damage. Ladee, uh, good guy to go to the offensive glass. Uh, Seiko also has done well. And then Nathan Mensah had a big shot in uh, one of the games as well, a putback shot, and uh, not a guy that you expect to, you know, be somebody that's going to help out on the offensive side of things. He's great defensively and and really good on the glass, and he's a sh- a shot blocker, but also a guy that alters a bunch of shots, and he's a veteran there for Brian Dutcher's club. I like San Diego State. I took him on the money line early. I'm glad I took them early because the line has gone up. Uh, Dutcher now in his sixth year, but many, many years at Michigan and San Diego State under Steve Fisher as the associate assistant coach 
Uh, Dusty May again doing an outstanding job as well. And Mark uh, Hoke, I got to. I, I got By the way, that game against about uh, Xavier coming back. One of our favorite teams, Kennesaw State. There you go, Kennesaw State. Very good Owls team, no question. Mark Hoke, you got a new coach over there, Penn State. Yeah, picked up VCU's coach, uh, Matt Rhodes. He's from PA. Um, I don't think I can complain too much about that. Seems like a pretty good hire to me. So hopefully, and I, and they gave him a pretty, I think that he he got the biggest contract that any Penn State basketball coach has ever gotten. So they're committed to him too. So I'm, I can't, I can't complain about that. I love the way VCU's played over the past few years and yeah, should come in and hopefully stabilize the program. There you go. Mike Rhodes leaving VCU and going to Happy Valley, the new head coach for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, there's going to be, I, I mean, a lot to go over. Coaching carousel continues. There's still a bunch of job openings, uh, but a lot have been filled. And uh, VCU actually hired Ryan Odom to yeah. replace Mike Rhodes. Ryan Odom, of course, going from Univer- uh, UM Baltimore County and went over to Utah State to replace Craig Smith, who went to Utah, and now Odom goes to VCU. So that opens a vacancy there up in Logan, Utah, for Utah State's Aggies. Well, I, I, I'm really surprised about Odom. I guess he just wanted to go back to the East Coast. I, and that's the only explanation I could say because that doesn't seem like a move that would make a whole lot of sense to me. But, okay, you know, so. so it's lateral. Yeah, it's it's very lateral. I mean, if if not a, a hair down to me. But, uh, you know, hey, you do what you got to do. If you want to go back East, go back East. And he had some players transfer from UMBC out to Utah State. And now they're. He'll take a couple more back across the country again. There you go. Meanwhile, Buffalo, they hired, if you missed it, George Halkovich, uh from Villanova. He was an assistant coach there with the Wildcats, so he takes over the Buffalo Bulls program. Uh, and, of course, Stanford star Mark Madsen, who did a great job coaching UVU, who lost to UAB in the semifinals in an overtime game right there at the Orleans Arena, uh, did an outstanding job with this Utah Valley team. But Mark Madsen going to take over for the Cal Bears. And Andy, for many years, that Cal Bear team was pretty respectable there in the Pac-12. But my God, they've fallen on hard times and what a dismal season. And I think Madsen's going to bring some energy there over to Berkeley. Well, you would think so. Of course, every time a team hires a, a new coach, they think they're going to bring that energy, but that energy over there. And sometimes it works, sometimes he it doesn't. But when you take over and have success at uh, Utah Valley, which is relatively new to Division One, that's at least an encouraging sign. There you go. Meanwhile, a couple uh, Big Ten players: Zach Eady, the big fellow from. Purdue and of course uh, Trace Jackson Davis there for Indiana, both finalists for the Wooden Award, and we'll keep an eye on that to see how that comes to a head. And uh, let's go to the second game: Miami and Connecticut. So, okay, so wait, uh, Andy, you're on FAU. Mark and I are going to be on San Diego State. So Miami and Connecticut. Uh, this this is a Miami team that's as resilient as any that we've seen in the tournament because there's several games that when you go back and look at their path, I mean, including their opener against Drake, that they easily could have been bounced out. But Miami uh, taking care of business. They did so against uh, Indiana in that second game. They had a nice lead on Indiana, but the Hoosiers battled back, got the lead in the second half, and then Miami closed strong. And Miami just continued to move forward. They pounded Houston, the number one seed in that Midwest bracket. And then they took care of business against Texas, the two seed. And Texas had a nice double digit lead for a good 20 minute span. 
and somehow, some way, Miami dug in deep. Andy, I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to cover the spread. I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to cover the spread, let alone come back and win the game outright. But again, Larinaga lets these guys play sometimes when, you know, a lot of coaches would call timeout during a run by the opposition, and he lets these guys kind of work their way through things instead of taking a lot of timeouts, and this Miami team has answered the bell. This is one of the more intriguing handicaps in the uh, enti- of the entire tournament. Uh, when you go back and you take a look at what Connecticut has done so far in uh, in reaching the Final Four, they have dominated uh, the uh, uh, the opposition. I mean, not only winning by margins, but also covering the point spreads by margins. Uh, they've uh, clearly been the dominant team by a wide margin. It's hard not to make a case for UConn. The only concern that I have and by the way, why is this line as low as it is? I think UConn, uh, only one, uh, of their 29 wins, I think 21 of them have been by double digits, and the uh, other eight wins that they've had were by seven points or more. Uh, maybe one of them was by six, which is still greater than this line of five and a half, so you have to wonder on the surface why this line is, even though it's a Final Four, as as low as it is, uh, considering what Connecticut has done. All of their losses this year, their eight losses, were in the Big East. They have not lost a non-conference game all year. The only negative, and I don't know if it comes into play uh, for for, uh, UConn, is they've not yet been tested in this tournament, so they don't know what it's like to have to play a competitive game in the last three to five minutes. Maybe Miami can do that because they've been very versatile. Uh, Their defense isn't the greatest, but uh, they've been able, as you say, to come back when teams have been able to exploit their defense early in in the game. Not sure what I want to do with anything in this game. I feel much more comfortable, even though I'm against you guys in the Florida Atlantic-San Diego State game, than I am in this game. Now, I've got futures on both... UConn and Miami. So I'm going to advance. In fact, I actually have futures on on all four teams here. Uh, The the UConn and Miami futures I've had since, I want to say, early to mid-February. So I'm not quite sure if Miami is capable of playing a full 40 minutes with UConn, but if they're capable of playing a full 35 minutes against UConn uh, so that it does come down to a five-minute game, let's say it's two, four points at that point, Miami has an excellent chance because they have the confidence that they were able to look what they showed in the last eight, nine minutes against Texas. Yeah, it's a good call there. Well, we'll uh, weigh in more on this game when we come back from break. I'll give you my opinion on this game, Miami and UConn. And the line staying steady at 5.5, UConn the favorite. And uh, it's been like that. Again, got action today on San Diego State. That line going up to minus 3 for the Aztecs. Total dropping a half point down to 131.5 Westgate Superbook. UConn 5.5, total is 149. And uh, we'll talk about it with producer Mark Hoke. We'll get his play as well. We'll continue talking some Final Four. We'll get you updated on the baseball. We'll go back to the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. We'll keep things rolling here at SportsX Radio on a throwback Thursday, 101.5 FM Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. I'm Ken Thompson coming right back at you live from Vegas.
remake there. A little uh, Saturday Night Star, right? A little Nickelback coming back on a throwback Thursday. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, producer Mark Hoke. Talking a little NCAA Final Four on the men's side. Talked a little San Diego State, FAU, Florida Atlantic. Andy Isco weighing in on the big game. Well, they're, you know, they're both big games. We're looking forward, I think. Actually, I'm looking forward to both games. But uh, UConn, like Andy's saying, really haven't been tested. Although I will go back to the game against St. Mary's when Alex Dukas gets hurt for uh, St. Mary's. And St. Mary's leading the game by three at that point when he goes down with a back injury, which was really weird. It was just all of a sudden he's over, you know, uh, away from the play and just you just see him grab his back. And he had just made his second three-pointer there in the first half. And at that time, I believe St. Mary's was up by three uh, early on. It was about a little more than midway through the first half. And uh, he goes out and... UConn lost one of their key players as far as, uh, you know, a guy that's got some size and able to knock down some outside shots. And uh, they get blistered by UConn, and UConn going on taking care of business after that and really did a number on Gonzaga in the final right here at T-Mobile in the Western uh, final in the bracket as far as the West to get to that final four. Mark Hoke, let me uh, get you to weigh in as far as uh, on the spread and what type of chance do you give Miami and Jim Laranega to take out UConn? He did it when he was with George Mason. They took out UConn. Are they good enough right now, Miami of Florida, to take out this UConn juggernaut? I think they are. Uh, I'm, I'm still leaning UConn, but everybody's acting like Miami's just a pile of garbage and they're not. It's stunning to me. Everybody's like, oh, you could, you could, you could. And I'm just like, man, this is an incredibly athletic team. And, you know, they got beat up late in the season because of some injury, injuries. And the ACC wasn't too strong. But this is a very athletic basketball team, well coached. You know, I, I don't think Mr. Hurley, who threw some shade to the rest of the country when they went to the Final Four, is uh, might he might regret those words. Wow, there you go. Did, did, did you, you hear say? that comment? I did not hear it. What no, was the he's, comment? He, they, they, were, they were saying how you know, they asked him, well, you went undefeated at the beginning, you know, for out, out of conference, and then you struggled, you know, in the Big East, and then, you know, you, now you're dominating the NCAA tournament. And his comment was, yeah, once we got back out of conference, we, we're okay. You know, and like just turning his nose up at the rest of the country. Boy, I'll tell you what, if I was Miami, I'd be kind of tacking that one on the board a little bit. Well, and, of course, the ACC has been slighted as it being a down year. And, you know, the experts agree that the ACC definitely, you know, had a down year. And you don't you didn't see the amount of entries into the big dance like you normally do from the uh, Atlantic Coast Conference. But nonetheless, Miami is the last one standing. And they are one of two five seeds, UConn a four seed. And then Florida Atlantic is a nine seed. But a well-balanced team, Andy Isco, with Isaiah Wong. Jordan Miller, who had a standout game against Texas, didn't miss from the floor or from the charity stripe. Uh, Norshad Omir, the big guy. Uh, there was uh, speculation that he may not even be able to go because he was banged up prior to uh, the Sweet 16 action. But he was able to go, and then go he went. And uh, Nigel Pack also a transfer that does very well. And both Wong and Pack make really good money as far as that NIL. I want to say they make uh, one point four million between the two of them. So uh, not a bad, not a bad season there at Miami. And Jim Laranega now in his twelfth year. Uh, again, a five seed there, but a very resilient team. Talked about Miami, a team that was really outplayed for much of the game by Drake. And then Drake went into a, a scoring drought, but Miami had something to do with that. And then Miami was able to pull away, close the game with a 16-1 uh, 
we, uh, closing uh, number there on uh, Drake and beat uh, the team out of Missouri Valley. And then Indiana, again, a lot of folks thought Indiana was going to make it, you know, to the Elite Eight, Sweet 16 for sure, and uh, potentially Final Four. And a lot of people were looking forward to that Houston-Indiana matchup, which never transpired. It was Miami that took on Houston. And, Andy, I think at that time we were looking at Texas and uh, Houston in the Sweet 16 and knowing that, you know, the Sweet 16 action was for the Midwest was in Kansas City. But if, you know, those Texas teams, you know, one of them could get to that Final Four in Houston, what an advantage it could be crowd-wise, and neither one of them pan out. Houston gets throttled by Miami pretty good in a team that, I mean, in a game that where if you watched Houston all year round, and Andy, I know you saw a bunch of the Cougar games, uh, they really struggled defensively. It was a game that they were just out of sorts, and Miami just seemed to do whatever they wanted inside, outside, and just put up a ton of points on the Houston Cougars and Kelvin Sampson. Yeah, Miami was in um, control of that game basically from the start, uh, so it was a legitimate win. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned it before, Connecticut in their four tournament games not only blew these teams out, I said what they covered, well, here's what they covered by, 14.5, covered by 11, covered by 19.5, and, and against Gonzaga, covered by 25.5. Uh, I think I think the wise guys are maybe sitting out and seeing how, line this, how high this line gets bet up, because I have to believe the lines makers are expecting, I, I, you know, Mark said that they're, they're dissing Miami. I don't think that's the case. Case. I think that they have just been so impressed with Connecticut, and they have every reason to be, that this line probably goes up a bit more before, let's say, the Sharps, if you want to call them that, say, hey, that's just too many points. I'm not sure there is too, uh, too many points here, which is why I have difficulty uh, with this game. There's nothing not to like about Miami. They've played some quality games. As I say, Connecticut, the only negative I say about, uh, about UConn, They've not yet been tested. Whether Miami can provide that test, well, we'll find out in, uh, what, 48 hours. Well, it's not that they haven't been tested. They've been tested, but they've just passed the test with, you know, flying colors. I mean, when you're playing... They haven't been challenged then. No. Well, they've been challenged, but the challengers have failed big time. That's yeah. What... You, usually by the middle of the first half. Yeah. For uh, Again, uh, the, only, the only time they were trailing that I remember really was when uh, St. Mary's had that early lead and then Dukas went out. And again, that short circuit at one of their players, but UConn wore the other teams down. And, and again, for them to dominate in the paint like they did against Gonzaga, you know, Drew Timmy, a veteran. Uh, but that's something that UConn brings to the table. You have Adama Sinogo. As, as UConn was in that game against Gonzaga, how about the impressive way they dominated Arkansas, especially off the boards early on in that game? We talked about that, I think, uh, last week. I mean, this, this UConn team has, I mean, they, Mark alluded to it also. They started 14-0, and non-conference play. In, 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 in part of the conference play, they actually lost five out of six games. So there's another concern. How will Connecticut respond if they do have adversity? Because a team like that, they lost back-to-back games, and then they lost back-to-back-to-back games in that stretch. So that, that is about the only legitimate concern that I have for UConn, whether that will occur in this game. It's hard to say. Miami, I'm concerned about Miami's defense. Yeah, and Miami would I, – I would think, you know, Miami uh, needs to knock down some threes to stay in this game early because Sonogo and Klingon, uh, dominant on the boards, uh, really doing a nice job. So a, a nice height advantage. Uh, Omir, 
a guy that crashes the glass nicely, but the guards, including Isaiah Wong, do a nice job coming back on the glass for Larinaga's team. And, you know, if you're watching Miami Hurricanes basketball during this tournament, you understand 40 minutes is a lot longer than you think it is, especially if you uh, have the other team that's leading, like a Texas uh, or a Drake over the Miami Hurricanes. So UConn, uh, again, well-balanced. Jordan Hawkins, outstanding range. Uh, just under 16 points during the regular season. Sonogo, uh, just over 17 points and eight rebounds a game. Very well balanced there. You have Tristan Newton. He can knock down the threes. Caravan is is a taller guy that has good range as well. Uh, Andre Jackson. And then Joey Calcaterra will have his high school coach on tomorrow night to start things off on SportsX Radio. Aline, also a very good player. So a lot of depth for this UConn team. But a Miami team. Did you do anything can... in this game? You know what I did? I took my I took UConn. I laid five uh, when it initially came out, and I, I thought really that it would go up to six. You know when I played it, and I did play UConn, and I did play under though one forty nine and a half initially, and then I, I kind of looked and I said, "Wow, I'm just wondering uh, if Miami's going to be able to do what they did against Texas." But the reason I played the under is I thought it was a high total, like you said, for NRG. I was there several years ago, and whether or not the uh, they've made it. A little different as far as backdrop because it was very cavernous when I was there uh, way back when in 2011. And uh, we'll, we'll just see how things pan out. But By the I, way, I really like this UConn team, the way they're playing. A little history here. UConn's won four national titles since 1999. The first was in Florida. All three tournaments that they've won in the 2000s were in Texas. They won here, they won in San Antonio, and they won in Arlington. So this is a team that clearly feels very comfortable playing in the state of Texas for whatever that might mean. Of course, those were under, I think, Jim Calhoun for the most part. There you go. But I've got to win the game by six to get the money, so we'll see how that pans out. Andy, what's your, uh, your take on the total of 149 is where it's sitting right now? I'll, I'll probably again go with the first half under uh, for the you know the the reasons we talked about before with the San Diego State Florida Atlantic game. Uh, fundamentally, you would think it would be you know in an over game, but you know when you take a look at what Connecticut has done, I think all four of their opponents fell to top like sixty six or sixty seven points. Uh, and, you know, again, when you consider that this is a lower scoring venue than most of the large arenas uh, or stadiums, that uh, maybe the entire game stays under. Uh, Dan Hurley, of course, uh, he and his brother Bobby growing up with the great legendary high school coach Bob Hurley Sr. How much an advantage for Larinaga in his 12th year at Miami and also the job that he did at George Mason, but how much of an advantage for Larinaga over Dan Hurley, or is there one? I don't really think uh, there is one. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, his father, uh, Hurley's father, two Hurley's uh, father. So they've been around coaching all their lives. And, of course, Bobby played for, uh, you know, one of the best coaches uh, ever, you know, as far as uh, certainly what he's accomplished in uh, in Coach K. So I don't think that that's a negative. Laranega, you know, of course, we know what he did with George Mason. Uh, he's got Miami uh, deep in the tournament for the second uh, straight year. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's got a veteran team. I mean, so fundamentally, if Connecticut, if Connecticut had just shown me some weakness during the tournament, I'd love to feel comfortable about playing Miami. But you know, uh, you know, they, they say that normally the teams face a challenge at some point during the run to a championship, but not always. And this may be one of those not always years. Mark Hoke, uh, Dan Hurley, also Danny Hurley, also playing for a pretty good college coach that knows the game inside out. Uh, you remember who that was? No, actually, I don't. I'm sorry. 
P.J. Carlissimo oh, at that's Seton right. Hall. That's yeah, right. Seton yeah. Hall. So, uh, you know, uh, another coach that, you know, he's been on the air a lot as a color commentator, but did an outstanding job there for the Hall back in the day and uh, knows the game very, very well. So uh, a lot of great uh, coaching. Bob Hurley Sr. for Danny in uh, high school, along with his brother Bob at St. Anthony's in North Jersey, and then playing for P.J. Carlissimo at Seton Hall and doing an outstanding job now with UConn. And, uh, and we'll also the game. knowledge that the father has given both of the sons as they've embarked on their coaching careers. Yep, no, no question about it. Yep, definitely comes into play when you grow up with it. Yep, it's like second nature, and you uh, you would figure both these guys would get on the bench and both have Bobby, by the way, signing an extension of two years. A lot of people thought he may be out there at Arizona State. He's made the tournament uh, three times in eight years, but all three times play-in games. But this year, they were able to take care of business in a couple of those uh, games this year, including the uh, play-in game in Dayton. And so Bobby does get the extension and uh, he's got two more years there in Tempe. Uh, Dan Hurley's probably going to be able to write his own uh, extension there at UConn after the season's said and done, and they're hoping they get that national championship. And as Andy said, they've won three of them there in the state of Texas. Right now, UConn remains a five-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 149. That is the nightcap against Miami. And the early game, San Diego State again, minus three at Westgate Superbook. There's still some two-and-a-halves around town. You better get on them because it looks like it's going to go to three pretty much everywhere. Total 131-and-a-half. Uh, there's a There was one 132 that I saw, uh, but that was it in uh, the city of Las Vegas. So there's a lot of betting throughout the states. Uh, you know, several states have different lines, so pay attention to them. And always remember to uh, check your rules there at sports books because there are certain things at certain books that some do and others don't. You can't just take it for granted that they all work along the same guidelines. So uh, we will throw that out there as FYI Sports X Radio. Take our final break of the evening, come back, wrap things up on a throwback Thursday. Tomorrow night, I do know that Arthur DeCesar from the Westgate Superbook will be joining me, and Mike Sai as well, uh, high school coach for Joey Calcaterra, who's going to be playing there for UConn in that uh, semifinal game against Miami, and he's hoping to play in a championship game against the winner of Florida Atlantic, San Diego State. Sports X Radio rolling on, wrapping things up here at the PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. When we come back, you're listening to the show right now, 101.5 FM Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download that app now. We'll be back. We're live from Vegas. Keep it right here. We are back wrapping things up on a throwback Thursday. Mark Hoke's been in the hits on a throwback Thursday. And Mark Hoke's got a busy weekend. He's heading to Cali. And we've got a lot of big-time wrestling going on. The Mark Hoke Show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Right here, 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Mark, cue us in. What's going on with the Mark Hoke Show? Because I know you're going to be having a great time in SoCal. Yeah, if I'm awake for the for the show. But, <laughs> but yeah, we're headed down to WrestleMania weekend here in Los Angeles 
as WrestleMania goes Hollywood. So we'll have our show coming to you live from L.A. on Sunday from 8 to 10. So we'll be we'll have gone to uh, have the press junket with Monday Night Raw and then Friday Night Smackdown, the Hall of Fame ceremony, and day one of WrestleMania will be over by the time we get to that show and we'll be heading into the final night of WrestleMania 39. It's going to be awesome. We're going to you know, keep an eye on the socials. You know, Mark Hoke show on Twitter and Facebook, and you know we're going to be getting all sorts of pictures and videos. And, oh man, you're going to be exhausted. Forget about oh, it. Oh, I'm, I'm, Ken, I'm, I'm going to die. Plus, I'm going to uh, we Saturday morning. We're actually going to NXT Stand and Deliver too. So that's going to be Saturday morning at nine forty-five. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched wrestling at nine forty-five in the morning before. So. Yeah, but you're Live, up early. Anyway. Thank, thank goodness you're up early, though. You're you're rocking and rolling. But that Sunday morning, boy, I, I, I I'm going to tune into the Mark Hoke show just to see what type of uh, energy you got left. Oh, I'll be good. I mean, you know, it's day one. Of WrestleMania is going to be pretty good, and it, and it should have a outstanding finish with the Usos taking on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and of course, main event on night two is Roman Reigns against the Son of the American Dream. The the road Cody Rhodes will be challenging for the championships and the, the SoFi is going to be rocking. I and it's my first WrestleMania and you know get to go with uh, my boss Mark Bonilla and Adrian Any, 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 guess, bet, any so. guests lined up? Well, it's a little hard to get everybody in during WrestleMania just because it's WrestleMania. Everyone's tied up, so it's going to be more of us talking about what's going on and you know. But we'll have a lot to talk about. That's for sure. So tune on in. It's gonna be a it's it's gonna be a lot of fun and I'm I'm probably gonna be I'm I'm starting to feel it, Ken. I'm starting to feel it. There you go though. You know? I'm, I'm glad I'm glad uh, Mark Bonilla is going with you too. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Mark's going and injuring uh, from the bet, and you know he's going. He's already down there and doing his thing. And yeah, we're gonna have a blast. And like I said, this is gonna be a this is a WrestleMania that a lot of people are very excited for this year. A lot of great matches on the card and two terrific main events. So. And it, it it's going to be something special. And uh, you know, hopefully you guys tune in and we'll get to share that experience together on Sunday morning on the Mark Oak Show. There you go. All right. So tune in 8 a.m. Mark Oak Show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Celtics 140 to 99 over the Bucks. The other surprising score, Pelicans in Denver, 107 to 88. So if you told you, you know, the Bucks at home and the Nuggets at home on the same night, only going to get 99 points and 88 points, respectively. My goodness, they both get throttled. Nice little uh, parlay there with the Celtics and the Pelicans taking care of business. Again, North Texas is your NIT champion right here in Las Vegas. They are crowned at the Orleans Arena 68-61. They knock off Conference Fro UAB out of Conference USA. And by the way, those teams will be bailing into the American Athletic Conference. Uh, in fact, I want to say... Uh, all these teams like Florida Atlantic, they're all leaving Conference USA. They're all going into the American Athletic, uh, most of the ones that made it to the postseason, if not all of them. Dodgers did finish off Arizona 8-2, to the final there. Colorado 7-2, they win in San Diego. Meanwhile, out west, Otani and the Angels had a one nothing lead. Bottom of the eighth, the A's scrap and get two runs, and they've just ended it. The A's have knocked off the Angels 2-1, to one, so you could have got a plus 200 on the A's in their home opener. And Seattle and Cleveland, that game was 0-0 all the way to the bottom of the eighth, and then Ty France hit a three-run jack with one out. 
and uh, they get the win. Bieber and Castillo both went six innings, only one walk between uh, the two pitching staffs. Neither Bieber or Castillo walked anybody. Uh, as far as uh, that Angels game, it was Aaron Loop that came in and lost the game for the Halos, gave up both runs to the A's in the bottom half of the eighth inning. But a three-run jack by Ty France, good enough to get Seattle the home win 3 nothing over Cleveland. So everything is final in the big leagues. And uh, opening day is in the books. I didn't even check on the old Grand Salami to see how that did. And, again, that's the total of all the games. They'll put up a total uh, from the over-under numbers in every game. They combine them, and you can either play over that big total or under that big total. And uh, all the games must be completed on the day of uh, and most establishments in order for it to count in your Grand Salami. Meanwhile, on the ice, got one game going, and Vegas has knotted things up 3-3. So you can pay attention to that one. Uh, locally on Cox Cable, I know it's 313. Uh, it is 3-3, to go in the third period. The Golden Knights at the Shark Tank against San Jose. Seattle got a couple late goals, finished off Anaheim 4-1, to and we gave you all the other scores earlier. Uh, Mark Hoke's going to go with, uh, in, the, in the nightcap, you're going to go with UConn or Miami? Yeah, I'll, I'll take UConn. I'll, you'll, take, I'll, you'll, you'll lay the 5.5? Uh no, you know what? Actually, I'll take Miami in the points. All right, so you'll take Miami in the five and a half. Andy Isco, you're. Uh, I didn't. I didn't uh, know if you're going Miami. You're gonna. I know you're going Florida Atlantic. Are you going Miami? or are You going UConn? I'm probably uh, going under in the first half as uh, the strongest of the opinions right now. I suppose if it gets to six or higher, and it might, because I expect the public to come in on UConn. Uh, I might be inclined to take Miami of Florida, uh, but I, as I said before several times, it's hard to make a case against Connecticut other than the fact that they've not been challenged and maybe they won't in this game. All right, really looking forward to the NFL draft coming up next month and we'll be uh, honing in on a lot of football stuff, including what's going on with that Raiders roster because it has changed a lot uh, since we last talked and looking forward uh, to getting some insight there. Uh, talking with JT the Brick, my buddy. I know he's going to be uh, making an appearance on the show and going to bring in some of the other Raider faithful. We're going to check in as we head towards the draft. Looking forward to that and uh, don't know where the Raiders are going. From what I hear, it could be a secondary player. They have Garoppolo under contract. They still have Chase Garbers. So I don't know if they'll uh, even look uh, potentially at, uh, at grabbing a quarterback in the draft, I would say probably nay. And they wouldn't surprise me if they even traded down, but they still need help uh, secondary-wise and uh, defensive line. They've made some moves all across the defense, so we'll kind of hone in and get you all caught up on what's going on, not only on the Raiders, but across the NFL over the next several weeks right here at SportsX Radio. Tomorrow night uh, should be a fun show with Arthur DeCesar joining me. And then we've got... Uh, Another guest as well, Coach Sai, is going to join me. And he also did some officiating as far as in the NCAA tournament and his, his brother, a big-time coach as well, uh, but the coach of uh, Joey Calcaterra, a member of the UConn Huskies that are in the Final Four. And, of course, uh, they are taking on Miami in the late game on Saturday. Uh, move on down as far as Major League Baseball for tomorrow. Andy talked about the five games real quick. Overnights, we got about a minute and a half, two minutes. Uh, Peterson for the Mets. Lazardo for Miami. Mets minus 115, seven and a half shaded to the over. Anything? Uh, with those two pitchers, 
might be tempted to look over. I can't disagree there. Uh, Colorado off the win at San Diego. Kyle Freeland going up against Nick Martinez. Martinez right now a minus 185, eight and a half shaded to the under at Petco. Can the Padres even things up, or do the Rockies get off to a nice little 2-0 start against the Friars? Not sure if I'd play it, but the only way I would consider playing it would be laying the run and a half with the Padres. I expect to see a better uh, offensive effort out of them tomorrow, and I'm sure they don't want to start 0-2. Dodgers finished off uh, tonight's game with eight unanswered runs after trailing early against the Diamondbacks, 8-2 to the final in the game tomorrow. Dustin May, minus 192, eight the total, shaded to the under, minus 120 against Merrill Kelly and Arizona. Uh, I kind of want to look at Kelly in that one. I might for the first half. Uh, for, you know, first five innings. Okay, uh, and that line should be uh, probably a little bit lower than that. Lance Lynn for the White Sox against Christian Javier. Uh, Pale Ho's got him today. Can Chicago Bills boys go 2-0 and out of the gate? Javier's minus 158, 7.5 shaded to the over, minus 120. Uh, if I play it, it would be Javier. And then Cleveland, uh, Robbie Ray's going for Seattle. Who's going for Cleveland? Uh, boy, I'm trying to see it. Make it. I'm I'm trying to get the uh, the name of the Cleveland pitcher, and I had it over here, and it just eluded me. So give me one second, and I will grab that for Cleveland going tomorrow. It is Gattis. Hunter Gaddis. Hunter Gaddis. There you go. Hunter yeah. Gaddis against Robbie Ray. Uh, well, no, I don't think I can do anything with that one. I'd like to. I'd like to take Cleveland, but uh, Ray uh, has demonstrated more throughout his career. He, he can come up big. There you go. Robbie Ray minus 163, eight shaded to the under. Tomorrow night, a Friday fiasco. KT will be right here at PSBR Law Studios. Mark Hoke on his way to Cali and uh, should have a great time with all that wrestling mania going on over the weekend till tomorrow. You know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, Don on that Odyssey app. Archives up in a little bit. Thanks, folks. God bless. Talk to you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.